So as far as positive message, if you're hurting and struggling out there, I would tell you to to not be, I don't want to say don't be afraid or don't be worried about it, but but understanding that you're going to get through it regardless one way or another and, and worrying about it isn't necessarily going to be the thing that helps you get through it, right? You relying on on what you know and, and the things that you've lived through and the experiences you've had is, is going to be the thing that creates your solution. So I'm not saying don't worry about anything or don't be afraid of anything ever, but don't, don't be so worried about something that you, you stop yourself from solving the problem. I think a lot of people have better ideas than they give themselves credit for, but you, you spend too much time getting nervous and anxious and you're not going to be able to connect with those great ideas in your own brain. Right. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in today. Hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. I'm glad you're in today. Glad you're hopping in and saying hello and stuff like that. So, hey, today, some little inspiration, some motivation, get some education here to uh, help us in the long run. And what do we do when we learn this stuff? We help somebody else to help someone else to help someone else, you know, do the old thing, paying it forward. So, hey, today, my guest, we're going to be talking about how he helps fathers, dads, on balancing life's duties. And he has something here I want to get more specifically with, with something about five minutes. All right, do this thing, do some things, five minutes, it's going to build up here. So welcome to the show here. Today is Austin Wheeler. What's going on, everybody? Hey, we doing it, doing it, and doing it. So... All right. Don't you like when an old guy like me is trying to talk to you young folks in y'all's language? Because I don't know. I don't know if you go doing it, doing it, doing. It. We used to say that when I was younger. So I'm sure it's some other stuff. But uh, I might have. I might have to start using that one. Yeah, that's an old. That's an oldie one. We go. We're doing it, doing it, and doing it. So I might have to. I might have to start using that one. There you go. Good deal. Hey, glad you're here, Austin. And as I tell people. Uh, Thank you for being here because we know that time is valuable and you're going to be sharing your valuable time with us. And so we're glad you're here to uh, get so we can uh, teach some dad stuff. Like we mentioned earlier, both of us, uh, both of us, we're uh, we're father doggies, dog dad dad doggies. So uh, maybe I can use something here to help me out uh, with some duties to uh, help with him, my my boy Ricardo. So Austin, I'm going to be quiet. You start off and take off where you think we need to be. And I'll come in and ask a question or two. All right. So kind of kind of like was already mentioned, right? My name is Austin Wheeler. So I, I started working with dads pretty much realistically because I started working with, with youths and doing kids sports, right? Now, the longer I did kids sports, the more I started to understand like well, I need to I need to start making changes to diet, sleep habits, right? How long we're playing video games after practice. These are these are the kinds of things that I need to work on changing more than 
and kind of the little things at practice to get us to get us past a certain point. The the more I did this, the more I realized like, hey, would I be able to create a much a much more consistently a consistently growing environment for these kids if I were to work with their parents as opposed to working with the kids themselves, right? It gets to a point where I realize, hey, if I'm talking to an eight-year-old about his diet choices, that eight-year-old isn't the one who's going to the store and and choosing what what's going to be purchased, right? So that's right. That's right. Get the mom and dad on get mom and dad on board with the program. Mm-hmm. Get mom mom and dad so on board with the program basically that the kids can't Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's just the way everything is set up. Good deal. Glad to, yeah. Keep keep everybody informed. Uh, Because the eight-year-old, they're going Mm -hmm. to jump off ship as much as possible, uh, go back to eating the uh, Count Chocolate, whatever I used to grow up with. And it only comes Mm -hmm. out, Count Chocolate only comes out now during Halloween time. And so, um, but but yeah, uh, yeah. So have the kids on board where mom and dad can help monitor. And hopefully uh, mom and dad will take some of these behaviors and habits and incorporate in their life to have a better life as well. Right. I didn't That's understand so, that. Go ahead. Uh, my phone's got a, a mind of its own yeah. right now. I was going to say, is Siri talking back to us? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but that's that's a lot of a lot of where it started, right? It's just saying, okay, if I can get these these parents on on a program, then I don't have to the the amount of me arguing with kids back and forth about what they're eating and how much they're playing video games and all of all of that starts to fade away because instead of having the example at home of oh well you worked hard at practice let's let's play video games eat eat junk food and all of that now they've got the example of oh you worked hard at practice so let's make sure we eat the right things and we sleep the right amount to make sure that that hard work is put to use. So it's it's just easier to make those changes long term when you can make those changes with the parents and then the kids kind of just pick up the behavior yeah. going down the line from there. Hey, go. Hey, Brittany, thank you for coming in. Tell um AJ, tell him I said, hey. All right. Hey, uh oh, so awesome. So yeah, yeah, I like what I like what you're doing here. Again, get mom and dad involved. Um and, and like you said. You've worked hard. You practiced. You broke that sweat. All right, awesome. Now let's keep things going with these positive habits. Let's don't do like a uh, uh, professor of perseverance. Sometimes I want to go get a banana split afterwards and a bag of Funyuns. And so, yeah, but we want to do thing as healthy as possible because, again, in the long run, it's going to be an easier, better life, healthier than not being healthy and then struggling with otherwise because it stuff piles up uh, at some point. Oh yeah. And and I'm dealing with that with a lot of actually my own family members where it's like, okay, so we're paying how much a month to the hospital for all of, all of these different pills and, and all of that. And it's just like a lot of, a lot of these things are controllable. Right. So, exactly. Uh, my mother, she's 82. A few years ago, uh, took her to her. She's one of them just don't like going to a doctor. But uh, hey. I made her go because we were in Walmart right. one day, and they were doing a health, uh, what's it called? Yeah. 
uh, exam, you know, just a free, free healthy access. And so uh, I got her down to finally at least get her blood pressure. And that daggum thing was 200 over like 110. And I said, Mom, what are you good gracious? And so I got to her doctor. And first thing he told her, told her mom, you need to lose 50 pounds. And, uh, well, she knew more, more than the doctor did and wouldn't lose it. So he put her on high blood pressure medicine, which kept it down. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the medicine we got to pay for. Well, she got pneumonia last year, or this year, I mean. And she was in oh. the hospital. And she lost like 35, 40 pounds while in the hospital. We didn't think she was going to live. Well, surviving the pneumonia and everything going on, plus the 35, 40 pound loss, she's off her high blood pressure medicine because she doesn't have that extra, like you said. And uh, yeah. And I said, mom, if you listen to your doctor five years ago, you wouldn't be taking those high blood pressure pills. And so she's totally (laughs) off that one. She's off like four different meds just from losing the weight. Yeah. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, this is a, this is a $10,000 a year life decision, right? So mm-hmm. you losing that weight figuratively could take you from 40000 a year to 50000 a year just to not having to pay out that much money in, in medical bills. So exactly, yeah. So how are you going, Austin? Hit us with it. Keep going, man. But. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much where where it all started, and now now we're kind of at a point where where we're working with dads to figure out what what their system is going to be, right? So looking at their schedule, the things that their families like doing, figuring out, okay, I've got to write you a system that's going to keep you moving forward for the next five years, right? I, I may only put my clients on a three month training program with me. But when I'm writing these programs, I'm always thinking, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna write a program that they stay consistent too long after I'm gone? That's that's kind of the, I guess, the, the biggest proponent of what I'm doing. Is how am I gonna write a program that that I want to make sure this program stays a part of this person's life for much longer than me, right? Oh, yeah. So even even after I'm gone, they're still living healthy. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you said you started off, you know, with uh, youth uh, sports and with them to get involved and then trying to get mom and dad involved now. So are you still going through the youth to get the mom and dad into the program or dad into program? uh, Or are you going a different route, finding dads? And you know what I'm saying? Are you still power? how How are you getting your clientele, I guess? Uh, so a little bit of both, right? It started with getting dads from the football field that I coached at, but now kind of just just spreading spreading to working with all different kinds of parents and the best advertisement really, is word of mouth. You said what? Best advertisement is word of mouth. Oh, that's the truth. You get these other people telling positive stuff, you know how they benefit, and then they say, "Hey, go right. talk to Austin." Yeah. Right. But that so that that definitely does help word of mouth a lot. But really just trying to trying to make sure that I'm I'm working with people where me changing your habits is gonna change somebody else's habits for the better. And when they've been, you know, so lackadaisical with their health for 40 years, uh, you have to really enforce to them. You talk about setting up a three-month program, but then you go, you know, you may not see a lot of difference in three months. 
it may take us six months to really notice something or right. depending on how gun ho they go out, you know, they I mean, may can, notice something. Notice yeah. Some good changes in three months, three months is, is a good period of time. Mm-hmm. Now, what now I when I say, when I say, uh, uh, um, see some differences, uh, I'm not talking mm-hmm. two pounds in three months. And, and people are going, people right. off the top of their head are going to say, Oh, well, I should, I should lose 40 pounds in, in three months. Well, you may, you may not depends on your body. How, how far you've been sitting and not doing, how much are you really doing? Yeah. So you got to come with, you got to come up with a realistic goal for them. I mean, realistic, we should be around 25 pounds mm-hmm. in three months. That's 25 pounds in three months is, is pretty safe, realistic. I haven't I haven't really had a problem with yeah. keeping up with that number. But now safe. in in your program, do you give them time to uh, cheat one day? Or is it pretty no. strict? Pretty strict? No. So it's strict and it's not right. Mm-hmm. I, I, so the number two pillar in my program is called fan food, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where it comes into play. I want you on a plan that you're going to continue long after I'm gone. So for an example, this morning, my breakfast was a chocolate milkshake, right? That's done with chocolate protein, vanilla, a little bit of milk, some ice. And if you mix those ingredients correctly, specifically, and this is a pro tip for you guys at home, add a little bit of vanilla to your chocolate protein. It'll give it kind of a, a melted ice cream sort of flavor to it. Okay. But if you can if you can make, make these sort of recipes day in, day out, where it's, hey, this is healthy, this is high in protein, it's I don't have a bunch of extra stuff in here, this is what I need, but it also tastes like a chocolate milkshake then you kind of, you end up in a spot where it's kind of hard to cheat on the diet. So it's like, instead of saying, we're going to eat this, this, and this, and then have a cheat day. Yeah. Right. I'm looking at what system can I, what system can I put you on where you're going to be excited about your regular diet? Cause nobody likes to diet. That's exactly. Especially that stuff. It takes like a cardboard. Oh, and that's hugely popular right now. It's like we've got a new healthy dessert, and it's like it 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 tastes like outside, like it tastes like yeah. dirt and grass. You know that doesn't that's not what being healthy has to be, right? Yeah, they've so, got, like you said, it's something they can enjoy. That way, they can last longer into it. Mm-hmm. So it's the diet isn't really designed to be strict and then have a cheat day. It's designed to be so strict in the fact that every day tastes like you're having a cheat day. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good way to look at it and a good way to plan it. Uh, because I, yeah, I've seen multiple other, you know, diets, people, I'll give you six days to do this and you got your one day you can cheat. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I don't agree with the, I, I'm for the all or nothing going into a healthy program like that. Uh, I believe it should be all or nothing. So, because yeah. once you once you decide to cheat, then you're going to go. Well, another day ain't going to hurt if I do it on Sundays. Well, if I do it Wednesday mm-hmm. and Sundays, and then yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you that uh, it, it mm-hmm. should be an all or nothing to make this. Lo- and again, it should uh, be considered, like you said, a diet. People hate that word and everything. And people were saying life change, and it's a life change if you're going to do it as a life change. 
Right. And I notice it's easier to call it a life change when you're giving people foods they're excited about. Right. And it's it's called a diet when you give people foods they're not excited about. So trying to trying to balance that line there. Mm-hmm. So um, when you started with the kids and then we're expanding to the mom and dad parents, mm-hmm. did they hop on board? Were they going, wait a minute, my child's the one playing football, not me. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or did, did they jump on board with you? I'm sure there's some uh, yeah. reluctantly may jump in, but I would, I would think, and I used to be an athlete before I got in the wheelchair and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I'm all for going out and pushing my wheelchair to, you know, a mile or two miles a day to stay as best shape as possible. Uh, I don't eat like I should, but, uh, uh, okay. But I don't eat as bad as what people would think either. Of course, it's easy for a guy to say that, right? <laughs> so my doctor one time was on, he says, you need to put a lot of chicken into your to your uh, meals to eat and everything. And I said, I do. Fried chicken, Kentucky okay. fried chicken, Popeye yeah. chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like you. You can still eat the stuff you love. It's right. all in moderation is what we ought to be looking at. Mm-hmm. So moderation is one thing I look at. But a lot of realistically what I'm looking at, the, the kind of mechanisms that I'm using comes down to ingredients list. So we in America are in a very excellent and privileged place where we can go eat whatever we want to, Mm -hmm. right? We in America are also in a place where I think, I think capitalism maybe has led certain things to being in foods because they're cheap as opposed to being good for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't typically notice a lot of unhealthy unhealthiness with a whole food group. So like, for example, if we say pizza as a whole, right, I don't notice a lot of issues with pizza as a whole. Mm-hmm. But if we say Domino's pizza as a whole, now we've got all sorts of preservatives, additives, all of these other things. So typically what I'm looking at, if we want a kind of the physical, mechanical marker of change that I'm using. I'm looking at an ingredients list and I'm taking out everything that doesn't impact flavor. So there are things like a lot of oils and preservatives that are in a lot of foods that may add two to 300 calories per serving, but it doesn't taste any different to not have those things in. Mm -hmm. Right. But those things are detrimental to your health and adding a bunch of calories. So it becomes about all right, well, I can put you on a diet and you're going to hate it. Or we could search through your favorite foods, figure out what we need to remove ingredients wise. Right. Because there's nothing bad about a plate of brownies in itself. It's something in that that's causing you issues. So figuring out what that ingredient is going to be, how I'm going to get rid of it, how we're going to provide the same taste with that ingredient removed. It's it's typically a lot easier from there. One example I have uh, what you're talking about there is uh, my dog. He's a service dog. And one time he had seven months of ear infections 
kept taking him to his vet, getting medicine, cleaning him up and everything. And he finally says, he's one of them old school doctors, okay, veterinarian. He says, mm-hmm. hey, if you want to take him to a second opinion, and I, I, there's nothing more I can really do. So I can't figure it out. So I go to his other veterinarian that other people recommend it. And okay. I just started telling them what the problem is. Before they even looked at him, just listening to him, they said, oh, he's got a food allergy. I go, what? Mm-hmm. I said, how do you know that? He said, well, he's got food. He said, all we can do is draw a little bit of blood, and I can tell you exactly what he's allergic to. And one thing to come back to, he was allergic to, and after we found out what he was allergic to, we cleaned up his uh, routine on eating. He's been ear-infected free for the last eight years. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Uh, but one thing, here's where I'm getting to the point that you're talking about all these preservatives. One thing he said he's allergic to is beef. I said, there's no way a dog is allergic to beef. That's mm-hmm. their natural instinct is to eat a cow. It's I said, exactly. They're allergic to the preservatives, the steroids, everything is put into mm-hmm. that beef. Right. And I'm thinking, it's if he's allergic to, yes, yeah, if he's allergic to that, why are we eating it? Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good steak. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm not allergic to it. But I started thinking, that's his natural meat. Eating is beef. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's out in the wilderness, he's going to kill a cow and eat it. Okay? Exactly. And he, yeah, it's not the beef. It's what's in there, the preservatives that's in there. Mm-hmm. So just a little example uh, I don't know if you can use that for the story or not uh, to help you with some of your causes, but yeah, it's it's like you said, the extra additives that we don't need really. Yeah, and and the extra additives are in, insane, I think, and in how detrimental they can be to the consumer, right? But they do, I guess they're they're there to help the guy who sells the food make extra money, right? If it can stay on the shelf longer, yeah, you've got a higher chance of not losing it to to waste or to to spoilage waste, right? So the longer it can sit there, the the better chance of sale it has. Kind of but again, does it mean does it mean it's the best for you? Exactly, exactly. So, um. Now I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I like a good broccoli, uh, but not raw. I need mine steamed okay. or boiled or something. But then okay. I got to smother with that cheese, so I just can't yeah. I just can't eat it just all by itself. I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand how anybody can eat it raw. Uh, more power to them. Uh, but but I, I, I again, and I'm not talking about drowning in cheese. It's just a good little right. layer on top. And but I I I, I can eat my broccoli. Okay. Well, there's nothing wrong with adding a layer of cheese to it. It's kind of the kind of the same principle though. If we're using like the the canned cool whip, you, you press the little thing in the nozzle. Oh, yeah, cheese, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's, it's like seventeen hundred chemicals. You've never seen a real speck of cheese in a bottle of cheese whiz sort of deal. That's right. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You're ending up with that same issue. But it's like if we want to take fresh goat cheese and cover broccoli in that. You could cover your broccoli in as much fresh goat cheese as you could tolerate the taste of. Now, I've heard of goat cheese before. I've just never tried it. I guess because I've never tried it, I've never, you know, I don't don't have the taste for it. So since you mentioned it, I'm going to go try some maybe this weekend. Get a a little sampling, get a little sampling and give me some broccoli. So 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've heard of goat cheese. and Well, I see it on the shelves, too. So, but I've just never tried yeah. it. So, it's, right. it's a nice Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, how long... Well, how long have you been doing your business and has it been long enough that you see some of your players uh, maybe going to college or something and they're still fit, fiddle, they're still excited about it and thank you for what's going on? Yeah, so the the oldest kid that I've worked with, that's actually a pretty interesting story because he, he kind of gave me a, a bit of a jump scare not too long ago. Mm-hmm. It actually was maybe a year ago now. Uh Basically, one of one of the first kids that I've worked with, and I worked with him back in like 2015, right? Mm-hmm. One of the first kids that I've worked with comes up to me at a football game that I'm coaching because unbeknownst to me, I am now coaching his younger brother. I didn't know this, right? So he comes up to me and taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, Austin, what's going on? You know, I haven't seen you in forever. It's great to see you and, and all of that. And I'm staring at this kid like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? I don't yeah. know you. What, what do you, who, mm-hmm. who are you? You know what I mean? And it, because it was just weird because he came up to me kind of really fast and excited. And it's like, I don't, I don't know who you are. Right. The more we get into this conversation, the more we realize, the more I realize, I know exactly who this kid is. I've known this kid since he was seven, seven, eight years old. And he's put on maybe 150 pounds of pure muscle since the last time I saw him. So, right, the I see him on one hand, he's about five foot two, maybe 50, 60 pounds. The next time I see him, he's almost six foot three, coming in at 250, playing Division II linebacker as a starter. All right, awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's kind of like the... The, the system that I've set out is one that I've been testing for years. And now it's at the point where it's like, do I think it could work? No, I know it works. I know it works so well that oftentimes the kids that I've used this system with end up bigger than me. So it's kind of one of those, like you, you're starting to see all of these kids who are the now fruits of your labor. Exactly. 220, yeah. 230 pounds, six foot something tall. And it's like, I'm standing there at 185. It's like, <laughs> damn, it worked, too, it worked too well. Because now they're all bigger than me. But I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Hey, did you ever see a movie uh, called Greater? Greater. You said what? Have you ever seen a movie Greater? G-R-E-A-T mm-hmm. or Greater? This guy wants to go play football at Arkansas. and okay. SEC. And he's playing some football in high school, whatever. And he goes to one of their camps or something. Um, and they told him that he needed to put on like, I don't know, 80 pounds or something like that for his size and where to be able to play. Well, he goes home, he's eating cake and ice cream and all the good stuff to put on the weight, uh, but not muscle weight. And when he gets, he gets back to the college as he got older and they asked, he's over trying to tell him who he was. And they said, who is it? And then they they realized who he was. They said, well, we wanted you to put on weight. We wanted you to put on muscle, not. Right. And so he spent the next full year 
diet in, okay. exercise and everything, get the weight down, working out with everything to get. And his senior year, junior year, he starts playing more. Senior year, he's the captain and everything and starting in SEC in Arkansas and gets drafted by the Coats. Roger gets drafted. He gets killed by, hit by a semi-truck. Oh. So didn't even get to sign the uh, contract after he got drafted. But the, what I want to get into is get the, we could put the weight on muscles or we can put the weight on the other way. And when they told him yeah. you need to put weight on because you're the position you're playing. Yeah. He was putting the wrong thing in. Mm-hmm. And then once they corrected him, yeah, it took him a year to get where he belonged and needed to. And his last year, I think he finally got that full ride at Arkansas. He walked on to, all the way up to that. Yeah. So but yeah, I think it's, pretty it's a base based on a true story and it's a pretty pretty inspiring so great greater if you get a chance want to watch it so yeah so all right austin hey man i appreciate you coming in giving us some uh, little tips uh to help uh, people in the future if somebody would like to get a hold of you uh with your social media website possibly uh anything you want to talk about your other with your program uh, how can they get a hold of you so typically just Instagram, LinkedIn are my two main social medias. You can send me a message on there. All of my, so if you want to work with me one-on-one, all of my like client application stuff is on there. That's just to make sure I kind of know a little bit about you coming into it. It's, it's nothing like super, I'm looking to get rid of people. It's just, I want to know about you coming into it. Uh, well, that's smart. That's, yeah. And I think a lot of people are like, well, I want to know about the trainer. It's like, well, if you want results, the trainer needs to know about you kind of. It's it's a lot of it's the other way around. Yeah, it's it's a two way street. But, yeah, you need to look at this application and get an idea because there, there's key things you're looking for to see if they're serious about this. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's kind of the main thing. And I'll uh, get your information as well and put it into the show notes to make it easier for people to click okay. on the links to come find you and everything. So, okay. Austin, appreciate you being here and uh, helping out these dads and uh, especially the children. Oh, man, you know, I'm a little older than you, man. I'm nearly 60. And we didn't have these games to sit behind these computers and play 14 hours a day. We're actually outside beating ourselves mm-hmm. together, playing baseball and football and basketball and outdoors all mm-hmm. day long. And so, yeah, these kids definitely need more participation than just their thumbs. Yeah. And I think I was kind of the last generation to play outside, so to speak. And like that was my brother, my younger brother had an iPhone growing up, but I had a bike and a shovel, right. To go. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Playing. So a lot of it is, to not get rid of technology, but well, again, it's like we mentioned earlier, some moderation involved in it. Exactly. So, yeah, because because technology is only going to get bigger and better. It's just how we use it uh, from there. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Austin, I hey, appreciate it, man. Hey, you know, there's uh, people hurting and struggling today, and if you can leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, man, that'd be a blessing. So as far as positive message, if you're hurting and struggling out there, I would tell you to to not be, I don't want to say don't be afraid or don't be worried about it, but, but understanding that 
you're going to get through it regardless one way or another. And, and worrying about it isn't necessarily going to be the thing that helps you get through it. Right. You relying on on what you know and, and the things that you've lived through and the experiences you've had is, is going to be the thing that creates your solution. So I'm not saying don't worry about anything or don't be afraid of anything ever, but don't don't be so worried about something that you you stop yourself from solving the problem. I think a lot of people have better ideas than they give themselves credit for. But you you spend too much time getting nervous and anxious and you're not going to be able to connect with those great ideas in your own brain. Right. So. Don't let this uh, fear paralyze you to keep you where you're at. So if it's important enough for you to think about it, it's important enough that you need to make changes and get out of it. So, all right, Austin, hey, appreciate you uh, coming on. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, people coming in. Uh, Brittany, again, thank you for coming in. Tell AJ that I'll see you on what's called the uh, flip side. All right, everybody else. Hey, I'm Dr. James Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming in on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Be sure to share this out. And uh, hey, get over there on LinkedIn and Instagram and say hi to Austin. So thank you, everybody else. Say uh, do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.